good of all those who love you, Lord God, and we thank you for it. We worship you this morning in spirit and in truth. God, we set aside all the distractions, all the worries, all the cares of this world, Lord God, and we focus on you this morning. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Please stand with me. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, our God. As we're worshiping, I just heard, I heard better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day with him than a thousand anywhere else because he's so good. He is so good to us. Amen. He is so good to us. And because he's good to us, we give back. So ushers, if you could uh, come forward, you can have a seat. You can come forward and hand out the offering envelopes this morning. God is good. Happy New Year, everybody. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Blessed week in between. Amen. It's good to see everybody. Everybody survived Christmas. Well, I guess some of you haven't. You're not here. So, But those that are here. You're the hardy ones. You survived Christmas. Good job. Good job. In uh, it's been a crazy, crazy week, crazy year. I uh, mentioned last week that someone had uh, shared, someone had spoken a word, prophesied, however you want to say it, at the uh, last year's week devoted to God, that you'll be amazed where you are in one year. And I can absolutely 100% attest to that. This has been a crazy wild year. There's been all kinds of advancements, all kinds of accomplishments, all kinds of busyness and, and tasks and, and uh, work and rewards. It's also, been, uh, it's also been a fight. Anybody want to you know, agree with me on that? It's been a fight this year. It's been a fight. And uh, we're not ignorant of the fact that we're in a fight. Um, one of the things about this Christmas season, Christmas season, New Year season, is that every year our family has a tradition. Now, it may not be the uh, Christmas tradition that everybody thinks of. If you've ever seen the movie uh, 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 Christmas Story, you know, they all go to the Chinese restaurant uh, in it. Well, we do that. We go to the Chinese restaurant, and then we go to a movie afterwards, and we've done that for years. How many years have we done that? 15 years, probably, or more. That's our Christmas tradition. We, it's awesome. We love it. It's just our family. Usually, other, every once in a while, other people will go with us and such, but, you know, Christmas movies, uh, and the Christmas movies uh, this year was, uh, was the Aquaman, which was DC. So there you go. That's all I got to say about that. For those of you who understand what that means, it was okay. Uh, but in years past, we've gone to all kinds, you know, there's especially, uh, we, Christmas movies, so way back, it has to go at least as far back as, as Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings trilogy was the uh, first series that we went through every two years, I think it was every two years there for a while, and then it was The Hobbit, and then it, all of those. And uh, I heard this last two weeks that... Uh, Die Hard has become has been officially been named a, a Christmas movie. So, for all the fans, I've never seen the movie. So there you go, never seen it. But I know, I know, sheltered life. But 
You know, now you're thinking, how is this in any way, shape, or form spiritual? Hang on. Stay with me here. We're going to get there. You know, when Jesus told parables, he started out with, there was a sower of seed. You know, how spiritual is that? And yet, 2,000 years later, we're still preaching on it. Amen? So just hang with me in my parable here. Okay, so, Christmas movies. So, the one thing that does happen during this week is, you know, you have times when, you know, nothing's going on. You actually get to sit down and rest and do something. Well, my daughter this week said, let's watch a family movie together. Well, what does she pick? She picks... Well, first of all, we watched through The Hobbit, right? We watched all three of The Hobbits, this in the last week and a half or so. And then we started in on on uh, Lord of the Rings, but I somehow missed the first two and came in on the third one. But there was some scenes, if you've ever seen the, the Lord of the Rings uh, movies, there's a, there's a always comes to the climax of the fight, the war. You know, and the war is raging and the orcs are coming and the orcs are winning because they're bigger and badder and scarier and, and out, you know, outnumbered and everything. You know, there is no reason that the little hobbit and all of his friends uh, should make it. And, and here, you know, the, it's, it's getting worse by the second. And it's just, it's getting, and you know, as far as you can see, the enemy is coming. And then something happens and, and they're miraculously saved and it's this amazing battle. Well, the, the one that I was thinking of was in the third movie of uh, The Return of the King, which is interesting. Uh, there's the battle. And the orcs are coming across the field, and they're breaking into the city, and the city's being overwhelmed. And then all of a sudden, everybody hears a sound. They hear the sound of a horn, a trumpet. And they turn, and up on the hill, coming up over the hill, is this huge army uh, riding on horses. The, this, the, 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 uh, the soldiers of Rohan, right? Rohan. Riders of Rohan. Some of you are geekier than I am. Okay, so the riders of Rohan come over the hill, and all of a sudden the, the orcs even turn and start to shake. And they come, all of a sudden the riders come down the hill, and then just decimate the orcs, just go just crushing right through them. And everybody's going, yeah, there's, there's that saving moment until they hear another horn and the Oliphants. Do you remember the Oliphants? You think of an elephant about 15 times as big as an elephant with people riding on it and archers. You're thinking, where am I going with this? Just hang with me. I'm almost there. But you'll never forget this one. You're going you're gonna to hear this all week long. You're going to hear this in your head. So all of a sudden, these oliphants, and it's not just one, it's like 20 of them, 30 of them with all these archers and all the, and it's the enemy and they're coming against the, the riders of Rohan and the other guys and all of a sudden they, they turn because in the battle everybody is scattered. They're fighting, you know, they started out as one unit driving in but then as they started fighting it became, they were each just fighting themselves, they were fighting by themselves and they were, and all of a sudden they've, def they've defeated that part of the army and the next enemy is coming at them and the king yells this command, reform the lines. Reform the lines. This morning, during worship, I heard, reform the lines. As soon as he yelled that, all of the soldiers stopped what they were doing, turned towards the next enemy, and reformed their ranks. They pulled together. They went shoulder to shoulder again. They, they brought their weapons to ready. They just whoo, shook off what they were just doing, and they focused 
on the new task ahead together. As an individual, they were, they were hopeless. It was hopeless. But as a, as a company, as a, as a group, as, a, as an army, they could stand against whatever was coming, even this completely informidable foe. Made me think of this verse. Turn with me to Acts. Acts chapter 4. We all know that by Acts chapter 4, Jesus had told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem, that the Holy Spirit was going to be sent, that they needed to stay there until they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, and power started to flow. People started getting saved. Things started happening. Miracles, signs and wonders. And they had two of the disciples, Peter and who? Somebody was John. I think it was John. Peter and John had prayed for somebody, and the, the Pharisees and Sadducees had gotten ticked about it and had arrested him, put him in jail, threatened him, told him to quit preaching in the name of Jesus. They said, what can we do about it? And we get to Acts chapter 4, beginning with verse 23, and this is what happens. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. If you're in the King James, it says they returned to their company. They returned to their company. They had a place that's called home. They had a place that was called their company. And as they came there, they reported everything that had been happening. They reported what the chief priests had said and the elders and all that kind of things. And then in verse 24, and when they had heard it, they lifted their, their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of your father David, your servant, said to the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed one. They came together as a group, and they began to pray. They began to seek God. They regrouped. They had just been attacked. They had just been uh, arrested. They had just been told to stop doing what they're doing. Well, what do you do when you're, when you're told by God to do one thing, and everybody else tells you to stop? You regroup. You get your heart right. Get your mind right. Get filled with the Holy Ghost, because that's what happens. They got filled with the Holy Ghost. Said the whole place where they were sitting, where every place, the place where they were meeting was shaken. I love that. I'm waiting for that. I'm looking for that. I'm looking for so much power, the power of God in one place. And how did it happen? It didn't happen in one person sitting in the room. It happened when a group of them were together. All seeking God, all of one heart, one mind. And saying, ah, sovereign Lord. Lord, you are Lord. We're here. We're here because of you. We're here because you've called us. We're here because we want to, to uh, honor you, to seek you, and to do whatever you tell us to do. There are times in life when you regroup. There's, there are times when you are fighting the fight that you're fighting. 
And every one of us have fought a fight, a fight this year of one kind or another, one level of it or another. But there is a time when that battle's done and when you turn and you focus towards the new front. First of the year is always awesome that way. It's a good time to do that. We've had the week devoted to God for a few years now, a number of years. We take the first week and we basically regather. We regather as a congregation. We regather as friends of the, and ministries of this congregation. Pastor Dan and Claudia are with us this week, and, and Roger and Myrna Eilers will be coming in tomorrow, or maybe even tonight, I'm not sure. Uh, Dan and Marta Lewis from missionaries who have been in Hungary and Romania, now living in the United States, they're coming in tomorrow. Uh, John Moe, who's a minister from Iowa, who's been a part of us and becoming more and more a part of us, will be in tonight. We come together to regroup. We come back to our own company. It's a good time to come back and to say, Ah, Sovereign Lord, and to seek Him. So this week, this week devoted to God, is a great time for you as an individual to hook in to be a part of what God's doing. So every night from 7 to 8.30, now you say, well, wait a second. 7 to 8.30, that's kind of restrictive. Shouldn't we just go as long as the Holy Ghost wants to go? And my answer is, absolutely. If he wants to go past 8.30, I'm in. But it's going to be him. It's not going to be just because the longer we go, the more spiritual it is. So far... A ton has happened all these years. And I, I say it every year, and every year I have this voice in my head that says, you're limiting God by only going an hour and a half. And every year, more happens in that hour and a half than you can ever imagine. It's powerful. I don't know why it works that way in this sitting. But I know people have to be to work the next day. People have to, you have to go back to school this week, kids, just to let you know, just to remind you. Sorry. But, so there's life. Life still is going on. But from 7 to 8.30, that's God's. And if he wants to go longer, awesome, I'm in. We'll go there. But that's our focus <clears throat> to do that. Every morning starting tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. From 10 until noon, we pray. We actually sit together and we say, Ah, Sovereign Lord. And we seek his face. We pray in the Spirit. We pray in, the, in our understanding. Sometimes we worship. Most of the time we just pray. Sometimes we'll pray for the whole time and we don't ever pray in the English. We just pray in the Spirit for that whole time. That's awesome. We pray for each other when the Lord leads. We, we follow Him that day or during that time. So from 10 until noon, every day we'll pray. From Then we take time off for lunch. We come back at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. We pray from 2 until 4. So for two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon, we pray together. That's what we do. We come together with a sole purpose of prayer, seeking God. Ah, Sovereign Lord. If you've never prayed for two hours, either individually or as a group, I encourage you this week to come to at least one of those prayer meetings. If you have prayed for two hours, I encourage you to come for at least one. I encourage everyone to come for at least one of those prayer meetings this week. 
And you might think, no, that's just not my deal. Actually, it is. I'm not going to give you a break on this one. I'm not going to give you a pass. Oh, I, it's, it's everybody's deal except yours. You know, it's, it's it only certain Christians, just those who are called to intercession. This is an intercession. We may intercede, but it's not necessarily only intercession. It is a time to seek God. You will be absolutely amazed, absolutely amazed at what God does in your life this week. When you give him time, when you put him first, when you allow him to speak into your life, it's in those times. I mean, amazing things have been spoken to me over the years in those times. Some things I talk about, some things you hear about all the time. 24 churches in 10, 10 years. Crazy stuff. But there are also things that are spoken to me that I can never say. It's too holy. God speaks to his people. His word says that my, my sheep hear my voice, and the voice of another they will not follow. When you seek God, the word says when you seek him and you seek him with all of your heart, he will be found by you. So this week I encourage you to be a part of this. Some people come every time. Some people are there every, every time the door opens. Awesome, wonderful. Some people never come. I encourage absolutely everyone within the sound of my voice to come this week. Regroup. Reform the lines. God will speak to you about, obviously, your Christian walk, your, your walk with Him. But He will also tell you things about your life. He will tell you things about your business. He will speak to you about what you should do this next year. It's amazing. I hear about it all the time. God gives wisdom. Old people, you should be there. I, I quickly scanned the whole room. Middle-aged people, you should be there. You should join us. Young people, you should join us. Very young people, you should join us. I need points. I need all the points I can get. No. I encourage you to come. It's good. It is good. You'll be amazed at what God does. And then next Saturday, next Saturday, oh, oh, let's go back. So if you look in your bulletin every night, uh, someone is speaking. They're scheduled to speak. Let's just put it that way. They're scheduled to speak. If the Holy Ghost wants to go a different direction, they get bumped. See you later. We'll see you next year. Come back again. But when each night there's somebody scheduled, uh, you'll notice that somebody is scheduled this morning. Pastor Dan is scheduled this morning to minister to us. And uh, he will in just a moment once I'm done talking, which, you know, we'll see how that goes. But it's amazing what God speaks through people is they come back and they talk about, here's what God is doing right now. That's, here's what they're hearing. Here's what, here's what the Holy Ghost has done in their life this year. Here's what, here's what God is, is saying to the church through them. And every one of these people, every one of them, is someone who has greatly influenced my life. Greatly. This morning is, is uh, obviously no different. Pastors Dan and Claudia Dennison, 
for those of you who are new here to the church, new new uh, with us over the you know don't maybe don't know all the history. Pastors Dan and Claudia started this church in 1988, 30 years ago. Yeah, I think they need a round of applause. I think that's. But every one of these folks who are ministering are hearing from the Holy Ghost, and they're going to minister. It's not just going to be a sermon. It's going to be sermon and ministry as the Holy Spirit leads. You want as much of that as you can get. I'm telling you. Every one of us needs as much of the Word and, and of the Spirit as we can possibly get. I have one more verse, and then I'm going to turn this over to Pastor Dan. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. First Corinthians chapter four, beginning with verse fifteen. Well, that's actually only verse fifteen. It says this For though you though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. But I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. In this life, you'll know a lot of Christians. If you are a Christian and you go to church, or you, whatever, if you go to a group of church, however it works, you'll get to meet a lot of Christians. And you're going to meet a lot of people who will have the ability to guide you. They will give you wisdom. They will, they will give you the word of the Lord for the moment. But they're just guides. For some of you, I'm just a guide. That's fine. That's, that's, it is not ours to, to cho choose who's, who's a guide and who's something more. But in this life, there are very few fathers and mothers in the faith. Very few. In my life, I really, in, as in, a, in, in the natural form, I really only have one father in the faith. I've had many guides, many ministers, many pastors, many co-laborers, many people that I've walked this with that have different varying anointings and abilities and some people are amazingly anointed and some people know Jesus better than I do. Actually, a lot of people know Jesus better than I do. You want to find those people. You want to spend time with those people. But in my life, there is only one father and mother in the faith. I would not be who I am today without them. Now, they're not perfect. Especially him. <laughs> I had to lighten it up there. I wasn't going to go much further. Doesn't mean that your father in the faith has to be perfect. You didn't get to pick your father. You're at your natural father. You didn't get to pick your natural mother. God did that. The same thing with spiritual parents. But if you honor your spiritual parents, if you honor those that God puts in your life, all the way, 100%, 
The Bible says there's a reward for that. If there's a reward for honoring your physical mother and father, and that reward is long life on this earth, how much more is honoring your spiritual mother and father? Amen? So this morning, it's my great honor, my great pleasure to introduce my father and mother in the faith. Everyone stand with me as they come. Pastors Dan and Claudia Dennison. Thank you, Pastor John. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you for those amens. Why is it good? Because God is here. Today, well, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day, this past year. We thank you for the upcoming year. We thank you, Lord God Almighty, that you have made us righteous. You have caused us to be in right standing with you. Lord, we thank you for this upcoming week, a week dedicated to you. I thank you that you, you place the call of God in each of our hearts to come and be a part of and be used by you. Bless and anoint the words that come forth from this, your vessel. May they accomplish what you desire. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Open your Bibles this morning. She remembers. Did you hear her cheer? Open your Bibles this morning. That's good. To the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 2, verse beginning in verse 14. 2 Corinthians, chapter 2, verse 14. As you're preparing for to receive this message, Turn toward your neighbor and say, you smell good. <laughs> Turn toward your other neighbor and say, I smell good too. <laughs> how, of you, how many of you won't turn toward your neighbor no matter what I say? <laughs> you do, you smell good. I'll prove it to you. In the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 2, verse 14, there's a subheading right above my verse. It says, ministers of the new covenant. You are a minister. You can say, well, I don't feel like a minister. In our family, Pastor Claudia and I have a daughter who's a pastor and she married a pastor 
And for years, you know, people would think we're the only four people in the Denison family who are ministers. My older sister, Marlene, she, uh, she wouldn't see herself as a minister. And, and I'd explain to her quite often, and she had a very hard time receiving this. I said, you're a minister also. Well, just because someone is not a pastor does not mean they're not a minister. Thank you for those two amens. Each and every one of you ought to be ministers. The word minister is from a Greek word, diakonot, meaning deacon as where we get our English word. And a deacon is a servant. So you and I are to be servants. Who are we to serve? You will find out here as the word of God comes to your heart. But thank God, my, I'm ministering out of the New uh, Living Testament. New Living Testament. It's English as we speak it. But thank God, he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. He continues to lead us in a procession. It's triumphant. You and I have triumphed. No amens? <laughs> you and I have triumphed. Who have we triumphed over? Our enemy. Who is our enemy? The devil. And how many of you know God uses the devil to inspire people against you. Those people smell also, but they don't smell like you do. And we'll find this out. In the Old Testament, when a king would lose a battle, they would parade this king through the whole city. And he didn't have a stitch of clothing on. And it was very embarrassing. Not only did he lose his headship, he lost everything else. And it was extremely humiliating. That's not you and I. Praise God, he leads us in triumph over the enemy. We need to begin to see ourselves in a different light. How many of you ever thought in your head, well, I'm only, that's only human? Am I the only one? Well, that's only... No, you're not only human. You're divine. You are a supernatural creature on your way to heaven. You're just passing through earth. And you smell good. And I'll prove it to you. He goes on to say... Christ's triumphal procession. Now, he uses us. How many of you like to be used? I like to be used by God. How many of you like to be used by other people? Mm -mm. But Christ does use us. He says right here, but he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God, but this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. 
How many of you know there's many people, thousands, thousands, on their way to hell? I said there's thousands in your hundreds in your neighborhood on their way to hell. And God has placed you in that neighborhood where you are because you smell good. And he's caused you to smell good to those who are being saved. A year and a half ago, approximately on May 8th, Claudia and I were rear-ended, waiting for a left turn, and then head-ended, boom, boom. I spent 58 day days in Regent's Hospital on my back, trying to recover. During that 58 days, I led 10 people with Jesus Christ. I was captive. I couldn't move on my own, but my mouth could. Your mouth can move. I praise God. I said, someday I will walk, and I walk from that chair to this pulpit this day. I give God the glory. Now, it's not fun, but I'm going to continue walking, and I'll be perfectly whole someday. A healing is uh, a procedure. A miracle is instantaneous. When we pray for people, people get healed. They don't get a miracle always, but they do get healed if they believe in their heart, not their head. We are a sweet-smelling fragrance. Oh, where we now live, we're in assisted living. We get three squares a day, they do the dishes, and my wife loves it. <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> Two people within the last three weeks just died. One was 103. Sweetest little woman you ever met. And the other one was 96. As I was in my wheelchair some months ago, I was rolling past the aisle where she sat at her table, and all of a sudden she lunged at me with her fork, and I was taken back. I was kind of frightened, to be honest with you. And I looked at her and I said, Eleanor, what are you doing? How many of you ever baked a cake and you take a toothpick and you stick it in? She said to me with her fork, just checking to see if you're done. <laughs> She's no longer alive. She went to heaven. I was kind of ticked, to be honest with you, when she did that. And my daughter kindly rebuked me and said, Dad, she's just looking for your love. And I began speaking kindly to her. And I ended up leading her to Jesus Christ. She's dead. She is dead. Some people don't get 
another chance. I'm here to tell you, you smell good. And the reason why you smell good is because you have Jesus Christ in your heart. To those that are perishing, you smell good, the Word of God says. But to those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we're a life-giving perfume. Do you know you can give life away? Vern said something to me this morning. He said, PD, this is one of the most important weeks you'll ever spend in your life. The week coming up. And I looked at him and I suddenly realized he's speaking the truth. This upcoming week, Pastor John has invited you and me to come back to church. I loved during worship this morning, Jamie, and the song that she chose. I shouted. If you tell somebody you go to a church where they shout, they'll think you're weird. But I'd rather shout for Jesus Christ than the Vikings or the Packers. Brother Greg. <laughs> to me, it's important to know what you smell like. We are not, verse 17, we are not like the many hucksters who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of God with sincerity and Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. You know what? God is watching you. Every moment of every day, God sees what you're doing. I want to encourage you this morning to smell good and let your aroma radiate. I was listening to the television watching a preacher and from uh, Singapore. And he said, when I was first married, I got in the elevator. We lived in an apartment and they call it the lift. And I got in the lift. And a woman came in, and she was a senior woman, and she had on the worst cheap perfume, and the whole elevator smelled like that. And I got to my apartment, and my wife greeted me, and my wife said, where were you? Who were you with? He said, I was just in the elevator. I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> then I remember this. Claudia and I have been married for 57 years. Next April will be 58. <laughs> and before we were married, I mean, and she still is, She's the most beautiful creature that God ever created. And I remember the first time I kissed her. It, back in the 50s, remember, the color lipstick was kind of like the color of her blouse that the ladies wore. 
And afterwards, I couldn't go in the house with lipstick all over my face. So I'd take my hanky and I'd rub all the lipstick off and put it in my back pocket. I was a bricklayer at the time. And during the week, I'd take out my hanky and pretend I was going to blow my nose, but instead of exhaling, I would, I would inhale. And I could smell my girlfriend all week long. <laughs> and she still radiates beautifully. Uh-huh. For days, I would smell that lipstick and think of the woman that I was about to marry. Our fragrance, yours and mine, is perceived different by different people. I can remember when we were going to seminary and was I holy worship like this morning and I was like this. And I saw a vision, St. Croix River, I-94, and we'd been praying for a year where we were going to go after I received ordination. I told my wife, I said, honey, I saw a vision. I know where we're going. We're going up by River Falls, Wisconsin, because I'd worked on that as a bricklayer, built a McDonald restaurant. I said, I know where we're going. She said to me, we aren't going anywhere until I get a word from the word. And sure enough, we did. We prayed and God said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. I give you authority over 10 cities. We established that church in the old farmhouse, mice running all over the place. It was terrible. And it was so cold, and I was flat broke. The bricklayer's been on, on strike for three months. We borrowed $1,000 from my daughter's college grant to come up and start the church. And it was so cold in that old farmhouse that where the shingles, the siding came through into the closet, the roofing nails had a quarter-inch frost on them. And Claudia said, I don't know about you, Dan, but I'm freezing, and I know we don't have credit cards. We cut all of our credit cards up. We did plastic surgery. And, um, <laughs> and uh, she said, but I'm going to Sears, and I'm buying an uh, electric blanket for each and every one of us. And so she did, and boy, was it nice an electric blanket when the room was about 50 degrees inside, maybe cooler. And I'll never forget, she woke me up one night and she said, honey, honey, there's a mouse on our bed. He was liking that warm electric blanket. <laughs> and I was three quarters asleep yet and there's a mouse on our bed, I said, kick the sucker off. <laughs> you could hear the mouse fly through the air, hit the floor. <laughs> 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 
we smelled good. We even attracted the mice. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the word of God said, to those who are perishing, we're a dreadful smell of death. But who is adequate for such a task as this? See, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this. That anyone who belongs to Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone, a new life has begun. We have a new year coming once again. And we have new life coming once again. I pray that when you come to this church the rest of this week, the Holy Spirit get all over you to the point you can hardly stand it. And you will get inside of you just like me. I meet people and I say, do you know Jesus loves you? And we do too. I used to say I do too. But one Sunday at church, I said to a lady, you know, Jesus loves you and I do too. And she looked at me and she backed up and she ran over to Claudia and said, your husband is hitting up on me. <laughs> and she wasn't Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> this means... Verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 5. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone. A new life has begun. All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to Christ. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. No longer counting People's sins against them. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. How many of you have ever sinned besides me? Every one of us. Every one of us. But what does it say here? He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation, no longer counting people's sins against them. When you sin, don't run away from God, run to God. Amen. Did you hear me? What did Adam and Eve do? They blew it in the garden. They sinned. They ate of the forbidden fruit. What did they do? They tried to hide from God. Don't try to hide from God. God can see you every move you make. Well, nobody will. Yeah, they will. They'll see you. He has given each one of us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. You know what? Even when you sin, God doesn't hold that against you. You're still righteous. I said you're still righteous. It's not like when you sin, God leaves you. 
He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Now, we're not preaching a license to sin. That's ridiculous. But when you do sin, God doesn't leave you. That's good news. I mean, that's better than a touchdown and a point after. Isn't it, Pastor Greg? And you know what else it said? He's given you the ministry to lead people right out of hell. Plunder hell and populate heaven. That's why I live here. Where we live, they have happy hour. Friday night happy hour for all the senior saints. You got many 90-year-old women. I mean, two drinks limit, free. And one old gal, she was on the way to the elevator, and I said to her, she might have had half a buzz on, if you know what that is. I said to her, you know, Jesus loves you, and I think you're okay too. She looked at me, and she never heard that before. And she said to me, do you really believe that? Jesus loves me after what I've done? And I said, it doesn't matter what you've done. Christ died for your sins. Could you say, God, forgive me for the wrong I've done? She repeated that prayer. And Lord Jesus, come into my heart. She repeated that prayer. She's going to heaven. What could I say? A half a snootful. She wasn't totally sober. But you know what else? Claudia's father was an alcoholic. Drunker than a skunk. He had drank a whole case by himself. And Claudia told him the good news. And he got born again drunker than a skunk, he invited Jesus Christ into his heart and said, God, forgive me. He never drank a drink from that day forward. This week, Vern, is a very important week. We have just learned how we smell. And we have just learned that the whole world stinketh. And God wants to use you. Could you bring me that, Claudia? That little white bottle. PJ's got it. What does that say, PJ? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> Oscar de la Rota, gentleman. Oscar de la Renta. Smells good. You smell better. It gets in your pores. I remember when I was a bricklayer, I worked at stockyards. I came home from work one night. We had a side entrance to the first home we bought. 
my lovely bride always waited for me right inside of that door. Except we were building a partition at South St. Paul Stockyards right above where they dried the kiln dried the pig blood. And if you ever stunk smell anything, it was the worst. The superintendent said, Well guys, it's not so bad in here. And the next breath he made a beeline for outside and hung over the railing. I came in the door and Claudia said, Where have you been? You get downstairs in that shower. You stink. And my clothes did. I took my clothes off, laid them on the washer, jumped in the shower, and the whole basement stunk. That's how the whole world is. So many people out there are looking at you and they don't know what that sweet odor is, but it's Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you are a sweet smelling savor. That according to Colossians 1.13, you have delivered us out of the kingdom of darkness and you have translated us into the kingdom of your dear son. I pray, Father God, that people grasp hold of who they are in Christ, that God no longer holds it against any human being who has ever sinned when he asked for forgiveness. Thank you for 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin unto God, he's faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You paid a debt you did not owe. We owed a debt that we could not pay. But you sent Jesus to this earth and you washed the stain of sin away. Help us to realize what righteousness means and how you want to use each of us as ministers to lead someone else to Jesus Christ this year. I pray, Father God, that I personally lead at least one or more people per month to Jesus Christ. That this congregation individually and corporately plunder hell and populate heaven. And we'll thank you for growth. We'll thank you for 20 churches, 24 in 10 years. It'll be you doing it through us. And we thank you for that. Lord, I pray if someone needs prayer, or, Father God, I pray that if one person or more never invited you into their heart, that right now they'd raise their hand and say, Jesus, come in. Fill me with your love. Take away the worldly smell and fill me 
with your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Thank you. Don't forget this week, one of the most important weeks in your whole life, PJ. Amen. Well, if I could actually get a couple of young men to grab a couple of stools or chairs, I want to have Pastor Dan and Claudia minister to people if you would do so. Will you do that? Wonderful. They, uh, this week is about that. It's, it's the word. Yes, it's the word. Absolutely, it's the word. But it's also about the anointing. And the anointing on individuals needs to be in us. It needs, it needs to be transferred. Paul said that he, he desired to come and lay hands on the people in that town to give them whatever they were missing. And so the laying on of hands, the ministry uh, of the saints ministering unto each other is powerful. These folks have forgot most of, more than what most of us know about the Spirit, about the kingdom of God. So I encourage you this morning if that, that you come and be ministered by them to you uh, as the Spirit leads. So we're going to do that here in Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word that was so powerfully spoken. Thank you, Lord, that we are the fragrance of Christ. And that, that fragrance wasn't given to us for our enjoyment only, but it was for the world to smell and to come to you, be drawn to you. So, Father, we thank you for this opportunity today to be ministered to by your spirit through your servants. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.